Thanks for listening to Spies Like Us. I'm Dave, and I'm here with uh, uh, your other favorite co-host, Todd Hostetler. Hey, um, Howdy. And uh, we're going to be talking about Turn, and the, I believe the full title is Turn Washington Spies. Um, for those of you that don't know, uh, during the Revolutionary War of the United States, uh, prior to the, or I guess the beginning of United States of America, um, General Washington incorporated an actual uh, spy ring. Uh, I think it's nicknamed the Culper Spy Ring. That's right. Uh, yeah, there, there are tons and tons and tons of books and cool podcasts to talk about um, or that, that go over all of the history of this. But we are watching the show on Netflix, season one, uh, back on our new format. Where we do a movie, then we do three episodes of a season of a TV show. Um, but uh, yeah, so we're we're starting off turn, and um, yeah, so this is kind of cool because it kind of is like the birth of America, but we're also like watching it through the eyes of espionage. So uh, I watched this a long time ago, and um, Todd and I had discussed that we really wanted to do it on the podcast, and so it, this is more fresh in your mind. I think you've finished season one. I just finished season one last night, and I've watched, or maybe the night before. Let's see, today's Sunday. No, yeah, last night, and I've I've rewatched half of the first season again since then. I like it a lot. I think. Yeah. Uh, I can't think of no. I can think of only two dr- non science fiction television shows that I that I like more than this, and that would be Sopranos and The Wire. Uh, so that's that's how that's how high up my esteem for this my personal esteem this this show just scratches many of my itches <laughs> in, in, in delightful ways. That's quite the comparison, The Wire and The Sopranos with this, you know. Uh, so I guess that um, very 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 highly acclaimed by both Todd and Dave. Um, uh, I de- if you're really into spy stuff, you're definitely going to dig this show. And if you're in American history and spy stuff, you're going to go nuts. Uh, it's an, it's, lots it's, of both. <laughs> it's an AMC original. Uh, that's mm-hmm. the you know uh, best known for their big hit, The Walking Dead, and um, you can see a lot of the same kind of like really good showcraft stuff. Lots of lots of exteriors, um, lots of locations, tons of characters. Mm-hmm. Very a like, lot of lot a lot of characters, including one that I want to just call out real quick before we even start talking about Spycraft because I don't know where where else to fit it in, but I really like the baby. Oh, uh, Abe's baby, yeah, very <laughs> very cute. The baby is adorable and is he's the best baby actor I've ever seen in my life. Um, he's, <laughs> he, he's doing he's do he's doing so much. And he has like so many expressions and there's one in particular, it just blows me away. Uh, let's see, I wrote it down, I wrote it down. Do this later. And if you're listening and if you watch the show, you should definitely check this out. Go to minute or hour one and three minutes. And this is where Abe's dad is telling him that he knows that he lied about something really important. And they're building this up, they're, they're building this up. The little baby's in Abe's uh, arms. And he's just looking around, doing baby stuff, you know, looking at butterflies, <laughs> kind of sucking on his finger. The moment, the, the moment Abe's dad says, "I know you lied," the baby just fucking smile drops and like just head snaps to his dad with a look of like, "The fuck did he just say?" <laughs> <laughs> 
That must have taken quite a bit of time for the crew to wait till the baby did something. <laughs> I've been thinking about it so much. I think I think you just if you have a baby this good, you just get a bunch of footage because you could like splice right. that in. But I guarantee whoever did the editing on that, they fucking gave themselves a big ass high five for this moment. Check oh, it out. absolutely! It's amazing. One hour and three minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, no, the baby, the baby is great, and lots of adorable shots from the baby. Um, I think the majority of the show takes place in Sawtucket, and uh, we've already discussed our baby, uh, the child of our protagonist, Abraham Woodhull. Um, the, uh, the, the, I guess the significance of Sawtucket was it was kind of split with the population of this like little small town of people that left to fight for the revolution and people that are loyalists to the crown. Um, and it was kind of interesting because our uh, protagonist, Abe, has got – he stays in Sawtucket, but he's got a lot of friends that left and joined the Continental Congress. Um, but uh, there is a lot of really legit history in this show, and I think we should maybe discuss some of the major major characters. And, um, Todd, I think you said that you uh, looked into a bunch of the history, and maybe we could chat a little bit about that. Yeah, I found um, a, a, yeah, I found a solid uh... – Solid article on the historical accuracy of the the Culper Ring is how this is remembered in history. They don't, they haven't called it that yet in the show. Right. Um, especially, uh, you know, really all the major characters are are accurate people, including some that you'd be surprised by, like Simcoe, real dude. Oh yeah, yeah, real dude, and uh, <laughs> very much was so. probably not this big of an asshole, but he definitely really, really, really hated the Continentals. And yes, he, he was pretty. He was pretty brutal, and uh, he's one of my favorite characters of the show. Um, Robert Rogers, who is you know like especially watching it the second time now, knowing that he was a really famous person, I noticed that he's that's how he's introduced. Like people react to him like, "Oh my God, Robert Rogers, you're a fucking legend." <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, and yeah, he, he absolutely is. Uh, he, he literally for the time he wrote the book on like guerrilla warfare, uh, that, that people, people studied and stuff. And there's, uh, there's like three. Yeah. What is he like a gun for a hire? He, he runs like this elite group of, uh, like guerrilla type mercenaries. Uh, I, I guess he, yeah, I guess his whole, him and his whole crew is like a gun for hire and he's like super, super elite sabotage type of guerrilla warfare guy. And yeah, he's a lot of, he's Scottish. So you get a lot of like fun lines from him. Yeah. The Scottish, uh, did do a ton of mercenary work, uh, in this period of history. Uh, mm. although I think it, I'm not a hundred percent sure on this. Because uh, I didn't write it down, but it looks like he might have actually been Irish. Um, oh, which is weird. And he was he was born in the <laughs> in the states. Uh, but as as a Scotsman myself, I mean, I I love him. He's also he's tied with Simcoe's uh, favorite character. Yeah, um, he's a lot of fun. Lots lots of fun. He's got some Russell Crowe energy going on. Yeah, he yeah. <laughs> Yeah, he's definitely a sharp, uh, you know, he's not like a very proper type dude. He's more of like a, um, you know, uh, drinks a lot, talks a lot of shit, doesn't really give a shit about where you are, who you are. If you give respect, he'll give it back. But he's also like very elite warfare type. So it's, he's a fun character. Mm -hmm. Smart, smart as fuck, too. 
Uh, yeah. And I think he gets just some of the best lines in the show. Uh, but yeah, Abraham, Caleb, uh, even Anna Strong, real person. Uh-huh. Very uh, much really important. A very real person. Yeah. And and Ben Talmadge is regarded as as a real visionary of yeah. you know early intelligence work. Um, yeah, he's yeah. very famous. Uh, I, I actually wanted to uh, talk about Talmadge and John Andre. We didn't get a lot of Major John Andre in the first episode, but he's there. You just don't get like uh, he doesn't get developed at all. But um, Benjamin Talmadge and John Andre were kind of the chess players against each other. Uh, Andre being for the Redcoats and Talmadge for the Continental Congress. Uh, they were both the spy masters, pretty much like slugging it out with each other. Um, they met before Andre was executed, and they had a great deal of respect for each other. Um, in fact, John Andre is regarded as such a high. Sp- uh, spy master in England. You can go see his tomb. It's like a huge exhibit. I've I've actually been there, and um, yeah. So it's if you're really into history and and spies, this is really your thing because Talmadge and John Andre both get a lot of recognition in this show, and and they're just they're the guys calling the shots, building the spy rings, and and are really working out against each other. So I, I wanted bringing up Talmadge. I definitely wanted to talk about John Andre for just just a tad. Cause we don't get a whole, whole lot of him in this episode. Yeah. What do you got? What do you got for Andre? I actually had read, I'm surprised that of what you said about the statue. Cause, and I'm only going off of one article, but I read that he wasn't actually as like super competent as he's per- portrayed in the show, but. Oh, really? <laughs> but I only, I only have that from one source. So I don't know. Oh, <laughs> well, he is the one that flipped uh, Benedict Arnold. Right. That's his name. Benedict Arnold. Yeah. John Andre's known. Well, actually, it was his wife that that flipped him. But uh, they both working together or I guess his fiance, because uh, she actually. Well, anyway, well, too many spoilers. I don't want to skip ahead and get too many spoilers. But um, really quick, um, uh, I think. Did you have any other characters that you wanted to mention real quick? Not not, not really. Well, yeah, maybe the dad. Um, oh, Richard Woodhull. Yeah, that's right. He's like a magistrate or something for yes. Sawtucket. Yeah, and I didn't, I didn't find out if uh, you know how accurate uh, his portrayal is. Um, but he's a he's a he's a cool character in that he's just about the law above all else. You know, like yeah, you know, he's he's kind of like Odo in Deep Space Nine. Like, doesn't matter who's running the you know which army is occupying the station. Odo's yeah. just the law. The law. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> and he's like really big buddies with Major Hewitt, who I guess is in charge of the Redcoat occupation of Sawtucket. I guess you'd call it a Saw- or they're quartered. They're not. They're not. Yeah, it's not. It's not so much a. Well, I guess it's the king's land at that point. They're but, uh, they're, def- no, they're, they're quartered. They're defending the town against the rebels. Oh, okay. There you go. And Major Hewitt is in charge of that, right? He's 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 the top rank in Sawtucket as far as that defense, I believe. Yeah. Yes. And again, I'll, I'll get tired of saying it, but another character that I really, really like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a lot of fun. I, li- I like watching him too. He was also in um, the expanse. Uh, he's, he plays a very different character in the expanse though. Okay. Um, the only person I, the only person I recognize from this show is uh, uh, Abe's dad, who is um, he's like, uh, he's one of uh, captain, Jack Sparrow's crew. Yeah, uh, that's right. Oh, yeah. 
cast off these lines or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, like like I said, um, most most of the story takes place in Sawtucket, and our protagonist um, grew up with a bunch of guys that um, left and joined the Continental Congress and are fighting for the rebels, so to speak. Um, but uh, I guess he's trying to farm cabbages and doesn't do very well. And they got maggots. So he's going to go and take these cabbages to a buddy of his that he grew up with named Caleb to try and get them like, you know, like I guess he's kind of smuggling according to the Redcoats as well as the Continental Congress, uh, you know, type of thing. But anyway, um, he he uh, decides – Oh, I can't do anything with these cabbages, so I'm going to take what I can that's good enough, and I'm going to get them sold on the black market and hopefully make something out of this. Because uh, he owes a big debt to um, someone that owns the tavern. Uh, well, I don't know. I don't know if we should really go into the whole relationship yeah. with Anna Strong and him. There's so much going on with this. There's a lot of setup in this. There's way too many characters. Right. He's. I mean, he's surprised. He's surprised to find that his his contact is Caleb because Caleb and Ben. Along with a bunch of, like when, I guess, you know, there's some history of the town that we kind of gets unfolded over time that we weren't mm -hmm. privy to. But apparently when the Redcoats first came, some of the people that were fiercely continental leaning just had to leave. And that, yeah. was, that was Talmadge and Caleb, uh, mm -hmm. you know, amongst other people. But these are childhood friends of, of Abraham's. And yeah, they all grew up. Yeah, it's a really great aspect of the show that... It like I love all the families and connections between people that feels so much like of a piece of of its time of a time when, you know, you knew everyone within like your sphere of like right. even though like right. what what is it like most people never traveled like more than twenty you know ten twenty miles from their house in their whole life yeah. or something like where are you going to take a vacation to <laughs> but within that range of your world you you knew everyone right absolutely um uh what well speaking of you know Talmadge, caleb and abe i really thought this was kind of cool they actually set the whole thing up in the show it looks like abe is just trying to get pull off some cabbages and caleb is just a smuggler well it turns out um, the whole thing was planned as kind of a quote unquote interview to recruit Abe. Um, and when Abe, uh, I guess, trades the cabbages for some silk and some British pounds, he gets picked up by the Continental Congress and they start waterboarding him. And um, that's when Ben shows up with a pardon. He's like, just give me the name of your contact. Give me. And, and Abe refuses. Um, and that's when Ben kind of recruits him. And later on, it turns out that whole thing was a setup that because uh, Abe didn't give up Caleb's name, they knew they could trust him. And then, and, and so that was like the first step of making sure that they could, they could like bring him in under the fold or something. So I thought that was kind of cool. Plus spike points cool. on that one. It's yeah. incredibly cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, but you know, before that whole mess, when we start seeing Abe actually start uh, his, his life in espionage, um, he has to come back and fake uh, that he was beat up and mugged by the Continental Congress um, because, you know, Ben recruits him and lets him go. And he's like, look, I need proof. So they give him all the stuff back and he cuts himself and shows up all beat up and cut up. And I, I guess what is it? there was like a murder of Captain Joyce that they all think Abe committed. 
And so this whole, he's been missing since the captain's been murdered. So he's coming back from like smuggling and use, and, and basically beats, and he's actually trying to hide the fact that he might be working for the other side when here they are trying to accuse him of murder, <laughs> you know, talk about like being in a series, you know, like uh, being on the hot play. Right. Um, but he, I, I thought it was cool. He like cuts his like forehead with a knife. Right. And, yeah. and and hides the gold and brings the silk to prove, hey, yeah, I was smuggling. Look, and and that's and that's how he kind of I guess gets himself away from murder. He dunks charges. dunks hides his boat and dunks himself in the in the river so that right. he appears like dripping wet with a story of having been robbed and thrown overboard. I, absolutely, and I, I thought that was kind of cool. Plus, spy points on that. Um, but um, I, I guess Major Hewitt had bigger news. Because, uh, you know, like we said, the Major Hewitt and um, Abe's dad are like kind of buddies and they meet for dinner at Abe's dad's house. That's when Major just asks for the names of the people that beat him up, which, of course, Abe lies about. Um, and um, here's what's interesting. I'm, I'm not sure if this is real, but Hewitt kind of just lets out, hey, by the way, we're going to raid the Continental Congress tomorrow. So if um, our man Simcoe finds any of these men that beat you up, we're going to make sure they face justice. And that's kind of like really bad spy points, but Hewitt's not like an espionage type guy. He's more of like, you know, the magistrate where the law and justice and right and wrong is very black and white and never like blurred. I don't know. Do you think, do you think, I, mean, I think it's believable about him that he would have made that slip. That's, that's pretty privileged information for what is it, a major to let out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's, yeah, it's a goof on his part. Yeah. I, th- I, I don't know. But I mean, considering his demeanor and his ethical standpoint, maybe, maybe he 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 just kind of didn't even think about. It. He's not from that world, I guess. So, and it's sure. the magistrate's son and something. But um, can, uh, we mention, but, can, can we mention that yeah. the message is is coded? Uh, yeah, I actually was about to get there. Um, uh, he gives he gives the major the names, and they say, "All right, run on home. You must be really tired after getting beat up." Um, but Abe, instead of running home, sneaks back into the magistrate's house, which is, you know, his dad's house. Cause he knows he runs upstairs to where the major basically reads his stuff and he finds this sheet with like rectangle holes in it. It's like a metal sheet with rectangle holes. And he finds a letter that says shit that doesn't mean anything. He's like, this is fucking old as fuck news. Then he places the metal sheet and realizes the the note is encoded. And this this I think was like groundbreaking back then, like the idea of using a code. Oh, I think right? so very much. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and so this kind of sheet. I, I I don't know if uh, anybody listening is is used to this type of coded material, where you can write a whole letter and it makes sense when you read the letter, but it's nothing like of anything interesting. But then you have like a thing you place onto it. And whatever words are revealed, like I think when I was in elementary school, we learned a little bit about codes and we used paper clips. Like every every of that far point of the paper clip is a letter you read. This is actually like whole words where it's like a sheet they placed over and there's like rectangle holes and every word in the hole is is significant. That's when he discovers there's a raid going on at Connecticut and he has to get this information out to Talmadge. Um Mad plus spy points on the code. I, I think that's super cool, especially for this time. I don't think I don't, I don't think this would have been like regularly understood. I don't think like any just like you know like if a servant servant happened to just run in and find the note, they would have been like, well, that's not interesting. You know what I mean? You would, you would have had to have the sheet, you know, which I think is kind of cool. 
Right, which you know he uh, shouldn't be leaving on his desk. I mean, this right. this this message was really only safe until it made it to the major. You know, right? Uh-huh. Uh, if someone had read it in transit, then they wouldn't have been able to decode it. But now that he's got both of the things sitting on his desk like a dummy, um, yeah, not <laughs> wasn't that hard to figure out once you're sitting at the desk. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so this actually puts um, Abe into a panic because now his you know childhood buddies are in trouble. Because you know when Ben tried to recruit him, he wasn't really into the idea. He's kind of like, a, look, I don't think he wants to pick sides. He's like, look, I just want to farm cabbage and live a life and take care of my son. You know, like that's that's all I care about. I don't care about this stupid revolution. Just let me farm my cabbages and leave me alone. You know, um, but. When, when he gets this information that they're going to get raided, that's a big deal because now Ben, Caleb, well, he probably didn't know Caleb at the time, but, you know, a lot of his buddies left and went to the Continental Congress and now they could die, you know, because this isn't going to be like a battle. This is going to be a slaughter, like a full-on ambush. Um, so well, let this me, is when he go. Oh, go ahead. Let me, go ahead. Let me yeah. get in there, though, because he um, he actually ends up transmitting the information for one and only one reason that has nothing to do with picking sides is he wants to get rid of Simcoe. Oh, that's right. That was another reason. That's right, because Simcoe... That's right. Major Hewlett had uh, mentioned that Simcoe's leading the raid. So um, if the Continental Congress gets the information, they can ambush him instead of the other way around, and then Simcoe dies. That's that's right. right. That was the main motive. It wasn't just to protect his buddies. That's right. He wanted to get Simcoe dead. We've mentioned that Simcoe is like a, a major asshole and, and borderline, at least sociopath, I would say. Oh, um, so I'd say psychopathic too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. uh, uh, he's got, he's definitely got rapist energy. Uh, and he's been, he's been, uh, not too very, uh, unsubtly and in a really, uh, toxic masculine esque kind of way, uh, making the moves on Anna strong who yeah. Abraham cares for, and so, yeah, he just he just wants he just wants him out of the picture. In fact, we'll find out later when because uh, Simcoe doesn't die in the ambush, and yeah. um, Caleb should take has, a prisoner to try and question him, right? Because Ben wants information. Because Ben is all about that. Yeah, and but that's in in that conversation we find out that was like basically Abe's condition. You know, mm-hmm. and Caleb is telling Ben, like, hey, you know, we're going back on a promise that we made to Abe. There was only one thing that he asked, which was that Simcoe dies. Right. That's right. Oh, okay. And then and then Ben's no like, no, we can get tons of information. Once we question Simcoe, we'll be fine. Yeah, that's right. Which, of course, you know, uh, we're not going to let the story end here. So, of course, this can't be the only time that Abe gets involved. <laughs> right. Um. But uh, yeah, Abe, Abe tells Anna about the information he got, and he's like, "Look, we could get to Simcoe. Um, she's actually part of now. Now she's going to be used to like we've talked. We've talked about dead drops, and we've talked about cutouts, and a lot of times the signals used, like uh, you always see in the spy film, someone just draws a line of chalk onto a mailbox. You know, that's the very typical signal where you'll hear so, um, or you'll hear something on the radio." You know, and that's a signal for a meeting to start or a dead drop to be available. Well, it looks like um, I guess I guess the plan is is that Abe and Caleb are going to be the cutouts, 
But the signal to initiate a meeting is Anna, because her place, the place Anna lives at is on the ocean. So on her, like, you know, like the clothesline, she always puts out laundry and stuff. She's going to put out a black petticoat. And that's the signal for a meeting. So um, I thought this was interesting because considering the time, right, the, the idea of a cutout would be like huge, right? This is like also groundbreaking stuff, right? So um, the the I guess the separation of the the line, I guess, between because Abe gets the info and he's got to get it to Ben. He can't just like run across enemy lines all the time, you know, so it has to get somewhere where Caleb is the courier information. Abe gets Abe lets Anna, hey, do the signal. The signal comes. Abe and Caleb meet. Caleb being the cutout takes the information directly to Ben. Boom. We have a line of communication of passing intelligence to, you know, back and forth to the people that need it. Right. Um, I, yes. Major plus spy points. Yeah. So I go I on. Actually, I have I have uh, I have a big quibble with this one. Uh, okay. I, I think it's my I think it's the only thing in the season that I can think of that actually really bugs me as far as tradecraft goes. <laughs> it goes, okay. It goes, it goes like this. Okay. So Ben and Ben's plan to vet Abe is great. The mm-hmm. idea that he's come up with the idea of putting out a signal, a secret signal, to say when. Caleb should come and collect Abe's information. That's also great. But the system he designed is that, uh, you know, laundry needs to be hung in a certain way. Well, only women are doing the laundry hanging as far as I know. And as far as we see in this show. So here's the flaw in Ben's plan is it requires Abe to, after just immediately having been recruited to recruit a woman to assist him. And why, why does he trust what a, why does he want another person to be involved in the conspiracy mm-hmm. and B, why would he trust Ben to find, find the right person and, and be able to set it up. It's a great way to bring Anna strong into the story. Uh, you know, I, I like it a bunch, but as far as tradecraft goes, that's my single biggest like if we were doing worst and best i think that would have been my number one worst well they all grew up together right like when she hears that ben and caleb are involved they she was part of the circle right of growing up i still think the fewer people involved the better and that you you should have you should have thought of a signaling plan that didn't require another person Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you don't. Oh, you're you don't saying con- they just. You and you as Ben, you don't have control over that, you know. Right, and and you're saying that um, they just kind of did it to bring Anna Strong into the story because Anna Strong is a real historical person that needed to be part of the story. Right, and it very well might be that the laundry signaling was actually how they did it, but in the context of what we see in the show, it's it's just a big it's just a big flaw in Ben's plan. Oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. no. Definitely. That makes sense. I can see that. I did. I did like though that, you know, they set up the line, you know, um, that that's, that's kind of what I was thinking was like the cool part. Um, but, uh, when, when the meeting starts, this is when, uh, Abe finds out that he was being interviewed the whole time and the whole thing was set up because Caleb turns out to be the courier. Um, and, and this is when Caleb lets him know that Ben put him on secret detail and Caleb's kind of like a smuggler, right? 
And that's why he's being used to pass this information because he can sneak in and out, um, which I thought was kind of cool. I, I guess he's used to smuggling or something. Did we even get that history well, about him? Yeah, we know. We know he was a he was a sailor. Uh, he spent some time in Greenland. Um, all I know is he was an accomplished seaman and privateer. Right. Um, but, you know, I thought that, that was kind of cool that using someone that knows how to, like, get in on the using the, the back waters and know where to slip in and out and avoid detection. Well, um, yeah, especially because Ben and most of his men are, you know, marching around in their big, shiny blue and gold uniforms. And, right. <laughs> but, you know, for and and his his superior officer. Uh, whose name escapes me, and that was also a real guy. But they renamed they re, they changed his first name for some reason. I don't know why. Um, is he he always plays the skeptic? You know the intelligent skeptic that uh, yeah, yeah, you want to yeah. you want to have in a show like this. So that, you know, so that Ben can walk around going, "Stupid boss, he doesn't fucking understand." Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that guy thinks that gathering intelligence means, you know, cruising around in the countryside with soldiers using scouts yeah he was he his whole thing was the history you know uh you know shows that scouts are effective and blah 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 and like his his idea yeah you're right his idea is is solely reconnaissance using scouts like he doesn't believe like i think when talmage brings it up he's like i'm not going to pay people for information they'll just take all of our money you know blah 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 you know just like the tried and true you know, scouts, that's how we do things. It's how they've always been done. This is how they'll always be done. You know, you know that's how, they, they, yeah. <laughs> and, and let's remember how despicable uh, of an occupation spying was regarded uh, right. for, a ver- for a very long time. There's a later episode where uh, Roger Roberts, uh, you know, says like lower than a sodomite. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> right. Um but yeah, the point going back to, you know, Caleb, yeah, Caleb's Caleb's the guy that uh, you know, is is can pass as native, you know. Mm-hmm. Um in his in his Yeah, he hat. doesn't dress like a soldier. He he looks like a smuggler. So right. even if he did get caught, uh oh you caught me, I'm a smuggler. You know, you know? <laughs> I don't, I look. I got these cabbages. What do you What do you want? I'm just trying to make a dollar. You know, uh, living my life. You know, very good cover. Very, very some major plus five points on that. Um, we. I, I think the. I think the only thing that Abe got in trouble for for the smuggling was he had to give like a fake pledge publicly. Um, and and that's when like the dad starts suspecting Abe because uh, at the dinner the names he gave were fake. And I guess the magistrate is like, I don't know why you protected these people and why you lied, but I know there are no men by those names over at the place that you said that you got attacked. Right. And I'm so, so sorry. I got to I got to jump in while you've been talking about this, about the fact, you know, giving those fake names. Uh, I made a mistake. The baby moment that I was talking about, it's not in episode nine. It's in this episode. It's in episode. Oh, one. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah. Where he just looks at him. Uh uh, yeah, but I think he was supposed to give a fake pledge, and that's what he does. There's some cool uh, editing where um, Wally's giving the fake pledge of how I'll never aid the enemy or anybody who's trying to sabotage the crown. And there's like shots back and forth between him giving the pledge and then the red coat raid led by Simcoe, which of course the info we find out, you know, the info had gotten back to Ben, and there's an 
ambush set up for the Redcoats, and everybody gets shot up, and boom, 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 very intense, like, emotional moment. I, I, I liked it a lot. And uh, they take Simcoe capt- captive, like we had discussed, so that they can question him about who the leak might be. Because uh, I think Talmadge had mentioned that he was talking to one of his superiors, and they said there might be a leak. And clearly, if they're aware of this hideout that they had, there has to be a leak, right? So we get a nice setup for the rest of the season to find out who the big leak amongst the Continental Congress is while we're setting up Abe as the big leak of Sawtucket, you know? Uh, So I I liked it. Really intense moment. Yeah, and that's going to be Andre's arc. Uh, right. when, when we, when we get more into him, I, I don't remember if it's in this episode or it's, it's soon, but he, uh, he comes across the idea of, uh, of recruiting and training an actress, uh, to put his, uh, his source to the mm-hmm. test. Uh, I guess that needs to come after the ambush. So surely that's, that's, that's later. If it wasn't in this episode, I think it's in the next. No, no, it was not. But believe me, we'll get plenty of screen time with Andre. Because like I said, the two spy masters in this story, so keep an eye out for both of these guys, is Andre versus Talmadge. And the, the, the show does a great job of setting them up as the two spy masters that are playing chess in the revolutionary times. <laughs> you know, uh, So de- definitely keep an eye out for them. Um, but uh, overall, like I, I really dug this show. Um, and I'm really excited to talk about it because I, I uh, uh, I've been wanting it. We've been wanting to do TV shows, and I think we're. I'm enjoying the format that we're doing. I don't. I don't know about our listeners, uh, but um, I, I, I've been excited to talk about Turn, uh, and I'm glad that you're digging it because you just finished. Like I think Todd, you finished like in a week. You just knocked out season one, no problem. It's it a. It's like a week and a half. Yeah, yeah. No, I, I really got into it. I'm totally gonna finish this series. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's, 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 it's my new favorite. It's my new number one. Um, for sure. Um, what do you think? Uh, can I, can I throw out a couple other minor fuck ups? I think. Oh, please go right ahead. Absolutely. Um, you know, uh, Simcoe is pretty smart. You know, actually I see a lot of people being really smart too, in this show about like kind of subtly, yeah trying to probe for information you know like oh whoa oh wow you're a general wow that's amazing how many how many men do you have under your command (laughs) yeah Um, but uh uh simcoe as a prisoner is is actually prodding and and teasing out information from uh from from caleb and ben and uh he finds out that uh that they're from sawtucket And you know that was a that was a fuck up on Caleb's part, uh, letting Absolutely. letting him have that information. I also, you know, it's uh, it didn't it that was accom- that wasn't in this one though. Yeah, they haven't it interrogated. They haven't interrogated Simcoe yet. Okay. Yeah, um, they just got him. Okay. Uh, well, the other one was uh, Ben leaving the the bonnet uh, at the beginning of the episode when. Uh, Ben's uh, regiment or whatever you call it. I don't know military terms that, that well. Uh, were basically slaughtered by uh, Robert Rogers, who had gotten uh-huh. inf- information via Andre from their as yet unknown continental source. Um, you know, he escaped uh, in 
you know, by disguising himself as one of uh, Roger's men. And uh, at the ambush, he leaves uh, the hat of the man he killed as an insult to Rogers. And that doesn't accomplish anything good. That's. Oh that's, yeah, that's right. Yeah. No, that was silly. Yeah, I that, could, that was more, that was more that, cinematic. That's an, <laughs> well, that's, it's an ego fuck up. Yeah. It's super ego fuck up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, that'll probably come back to bite him in the ass. It absolutely later. does. Of course it does. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's a good point. Yeah, I completely like forgot to mark that down. That was really silly. I don't even know what the point of that was. He was like, "Oh, I wish Roger was here," but hey, so this will like really stick it to him, you know? I was like, "Okay, not a good idea, buddy." Um, any other fuck ups you wanted to go over? No, I'm good. Yeah, I, I, uh, um, I'm excited to talk about it. We got what are we gonna do next? Uh, episode eight is what I think you said. No, this is a 10-episode series, and we're going to do episode six uh, next, which, uh, let's see, it's at the end of episode five, ends with our first appearance of bum, 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 George Washington, uh, uh-huh. who's going to be a character in this show. So it's, uh, it's uh, we're going to get deeper into uh, Washington's involvement in episode six. And I think it's typical of TV seasons that it's right around the middle, like right after the middle of the season is where they start really setting up the major events that are going to culminate in the finale. And Mm -hmm. I think that'll be the case. So yeah, we'll do episode six next week and episode 10 the following week. After that, it's going to be a movie that's going to be crossing off a box that I've been wanting to cross off for a long time to do a World War II kind of behind enemy lines type of movie. And we're going to go with uh, Clint Eastwood in Where Eagles Dare. Where Eagles Dare. I'm excited. I think you had mentioned that this might be one of the films that influenced Inglourious Bastards. Oh, yeah. Well, Inglourious Bastards definitely draws from um, also this whole like little subgenre of, Mm -hmm. you know, behind enemy lines kind of world war ii stuff uh, yeah yeah i'd like to have done inglorious bastards but it, it just felt disrespectful to do the the um you know like quentin's reimagining of the source material yeah. without without actually tackling something that is squarely in the, the source material first so inglorious yeah. is, is we'll get there someday i hope yeah me too um, so yeah, join us next week um, as we keep going down, uh, talking about Turn, George Washington Spies. Um, if you don't already, please subscribe to our podcast, Spies Like Us Podcast. You can search that on any uh, podcast app, um, or you can just go to spieslikeus.net. And uh, please give us some feedback. If you love us, if you hate us, uh, we'd love to hear what you think. You can email us uh, at spieslikeus.net or shoot us a tweet, spies underscore like us, or uh, I think facebook.com slash spies like us and uh, shoot us, spies like us podcast and shoot us a, a message. And we'll definitely, definitely be happy to get back to you. And as always, if you haven't already, if you like the show, chances are you know someone else that might like the show. Why don't you tell them? At a, at a park bench. At a park bench, if possible. 
the preceding transmission sampled the song Enter the Party by Kevin MacLeod, and sound effects from freesound.org. Attributions and links are found at spieslikeus.net.